0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us, to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeople'sministry.com or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here's Pastor Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello again everybody, this is Pastor Visser, and today I would like to look at houses built upon sand. And I'm sure you've heard this parable from Christ, and we'll cover it in today's study, but many people out there are considered by Christ to be fools. Why? Because they build their houses upon the sand. No foundation, not that cornerstone that is Christ, but upon something else. So, what is this sand that's mentioned numerous times in Scripture? What does sand represent? Well... One of the first appearances of the term sand in Scripture appears in Abraham's blessing. That is Genesis chapter 22. So turn there now. In Genesis chapter 22, Yahweh God is giving Abraham his blessing. And he says to him, beginning in verse 17, That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And my seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So, why did Abraham receive this blessing? Because he was obedient. Because he did what he was told in Scripture. God told him to do something, and Abraham obeyed. And because Abraham obeyed, there was a blessing given him. A covenant made with Abraham, if you will. And this is what's known as the Abrahamic Covenant. That blessing that was given to Abraham that carries all the way through his generations, through all of his descendants, to you and I today, dear kinsfolk, is that our seed will be multiplied as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. So, both stars and sand in this promise from Yahweh God represent people. More specifically, they represent Israel. Yahweh says that Abraham's seed will possess the gates of ...of their enemies, and indeed we do to this day. In essence, the enemy is bound under us. They're bound under us in so many ways, but most specifically in the spiritual realm. And while they themselves are foolish, they are not able to understand that we already know the things they think. We already know what they come up with. Why? Because we've been them. They can't be us. That is faithful. Faithful in the Word of God. Every man walks in darkness. That's nothing new. That's nothing original. But to obey Yahweh God is the same thing as walking with Him. And that's the reason why this promise was made. This is a pivotal teaching of Scripture. Christian identity puts much emphasis on this Abrahamic covenant because this is where the promises were made. Abraham was chosen because he did obey. Abraham had a heart that was right with God. Abraham would make intercessory prayer. Abraham would hear the voice of God telling him to do something. And he would do it. How can I say that? Because it's confirmed in the New Testament. In Hebrews chapter 11, that is to quote-unquote faith hall of fame. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 8, it says this, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. "...in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, that heirs with him in the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God." Now stopping right there, notice that Abraham built his foundation, not upon the sand, but upon the truth. Obedience to Yahweh's will. This is confirmed by both the Old and the New Testament. So we also should strive to be like Abraham. If today you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Continuing on in Hebrews 11, verse 11, it continues. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And when she was delivered of a child, when she was of past age, because she judged him faithful, who had promised. Faithful. She was faithful to Yahweh God. Now, here's something you should focus in on. Abraham, when he was on those plains of Mamre, was visited by three quote-unquote angels. And those angels told Abraham that his wife, Sarah, would conceive. She, of course, giggled, but she did receive and she did bear a child, the child of promise in old age. The teaching was that we must have faith. The way a man is to come along and say, Sarah couldn't bear a child. And indeed, at her age, she most likely couldn't. But with Yahweh God, all things are possible. We cannot forget that. Yahweh God wants something to be, it will come to pass just as he says it shall be. And it was no different for Abraham and Sarah. A promise was made to Abraham that if you obey my voice, I will bless you above every other tribe, nation, tongue, and kindred, and so forth. From him and his loins would come a multitude of nations, a multitude that's too innumerable that they couldn't be counted by man. Yahweh God can count the stars. Yahweh God can count the sand. But man cannot it is the way of man to come along and take that quote-unquote sand that symbolically represents a race and build their house upon that and that alone. That is a foolish man. And we'll find out later in today's study that that man who builds his house upon the sand has no foundation. He has what little is given to him stripped from him because he didn't have faith. So, Sarah had faith. Through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive see to bear a child. She received that strength from Yahweh God. Verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky, which a multitude, and as the sand, which is by the seashore, innumerable. That confirms exactly what it is I just said, dear kinsfolk. Man can't count the stars nor the sand, but Yahweh God can Yahweh God made good on his promise, and today we see Abraham's seed as a multitude of nations surrounding the entire globe, if you will. Oh, we're everywhere, and we can hear Jesus' voice because we are his sheep. Now, we also, in Christian identity, are able to identify who are the true sons of God and who are the fake, the tares sown in amongst the weak. The modern man comes along and wants the praise of man. They want to be a successful preacher. So a lot of these fundamental truths they'll strip away. They want you to focus in on the feel-goodism of Scripture, and indeed, Scripture should edify you in your Christian walk. But we are not of this world. Christ is not of this world, and therefore the world will not receive this message. That is... The clear-cut teachings of Scripture that's confirmed in the next verse of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. These all, all these faithful examples, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. That is what a true prophet of God is, a stranger, a sojourner a true child of Israel, a true child of God. It's not accepted in the ways of this world. In fact, they're most oftentimes seen as outcasts. Jesus Christ, our Messiah, was a perfect outcast. There were many who received him indeed because they were able to recognize truth. And they needed truth for that season in time and that season in their life. They were hungry for the word of God because they were being lied to. Many today in rebuilt Babylon are also hungry for that word, that unadulterated truth, taught line by line and precept upon precept from the King James Version of the Bible, or from the manuscripts, if you will. They're hungry. And so we live in that time again. We live in the time preceding the day of the Lord. We live in rebuilt Babylon. And as Babylon means confusion, people go on and on on so many levels in that same confusion. Many embrace the lie because it's more convenient. And that's what we see in Judeo-Christianity. Many embrace slander because that's easier to accept than becoming accountable to the Word of God. And we see that within Christian identity. So, whatever branch of Christianity you adhere to, dear kinsfolk, make sure that that branch teaches the Word of God. Make sure your pastor teaches the Word of God and takes it back to it. Because you can walk into a modern church And never hear the word of God preached. Oh, you could hear psychology. You could hear a lot of people jumping around and having a big barbecue, if you will. But their focus isn't where it should be. Oh, it's the way of man to come along and worship the creation more than the creator. And therefore we see people who want to build their house upon sand. Build their house upon their A, racial lineage, or B, a small sliver of sand, that grain of truth that they're given. They build their entire house upon that, and they never grow. What happens to us when we never grow? What happens to us when Yahweh God no longer walks with us? We're swept away. Swept away by the seashore, quote unquote, if you will, or at least swept away in the ways of the world. The world can consume us. Political correctness can consume us. The desire for an Israelite to belong can consume us. We saw this in the example of the children of Israel of old, when after Yahweh God brought them out of the land of Egypt, after the exodus, they turned and they worshipped the gods of Egypt. They turned and had a big party. Their eyes got off the prize because God wasn't with them for a month or so. So, daily, dear kinsfolk, make a conscious effort to put focus on Yahweh God, not necessarily on the sand Not necessarily on the stars, but on the promises that were made to those same people and what those people represent and what that birthright means to you today. Another place where sand is mentioned in Scripture, friends, is in Psalm 139. That is a psalm of David. David says this in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I could count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. What's David saying here? David is saying that he cannot count the grains of sand. In essence, he's making an analogy. He's saying, if I could count the thoughts of God, that is, righteousness and the goodness that he has in store for his people, it would be innumerable. It would be impossible to do. If I should count them, they are more than number than the sand. It is impossible. When I awake, I am still with thee. Oh, God will never leave nor forsake us. Man will. Time and time again, the foolish man will build his house upon the sand. And whether it's his premise, or his family, or his theology, or his ministry, or whatever it is, if it's established on sand and not the cornerstone, not the rock, not the foundation, It is swept away. And they are counted as fools to Yahweh God. Understand that Scripture says, The fool has said in his heart there is no God. That is the reason why God sees them that way. Because they must have said there is no God in order to build their house upon sand. And so it's time for us to get semi-prophetical for a moment and read some Scripture from Isaiah in the Old Testament. That is a prophet to Israel. So who better to talk for Israel and prophesy for Israel than Isaiah. And in chapter 10, turn there now, there's a promise. This is a latter-day promise. This is a promise that's made after the destruction of Assyria. Therefore, it is a type that we should focus on because this is what we'll see also when rebuild Babylon has fallen. Beginning in verse 20 of Isaiah chapter 10, it says this, And it shall come to pass in that day, that the remnant of Israel and as such are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, in truth.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive monthly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia 30205 You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.com where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts so you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device Our phone number is 404-906-9009 Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build his church so that when he returns, he will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: So stopping right there before continuing, notice that the only way we can know God is through truth. Why? Because God is truth. It was Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Everything goes back to truth. Truth is the most important thing. And the reason these same people, this remnant, the Zadok company, those first fruits that were sealed and chosen, the reason they overcame was because they stayed, they focused, they lived and dwelt upon Yahweh God, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. Not in a lie. They weren't hypocrites. They didn't serve Yahweh in mouth with hot air. They didn't serve Yahweh with lip service. Rather, they served Him in truth, which requires faith, meaning deeds and actions. Next verse in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 21. The remnant shall return, the remnant of Jacob unto the mighty God. For though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. So there's many things that can be learned from verse 22. But what we should focus in on is that thy people, the people of God, Israel, are as the sand of the sea. One and the same. The sand of the sea represent Israel and Israel represent the sand of the sea. But in that people that are innumerable, like the sand of the sea, there's a remnant. A remnant of them shall return, next verse. For Yahweh El of hosts shall make a consumption, even determined in the midst of all the land. Therefore, thus saith the Lord El of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod, and shall lift up his staff against thee in the manner of Egypt. What is the manner of Egypt? What is the manner of every other captivity of Israel? It's the same. It's disobedience as opposed to obedience. Pharaoh was disobedient. The Assyrian was disobedient. Nebuchadnezzar was disobedient. But during each one of these captivities, there were those who were obedient, who sought Yahweh God in truth, whether it was Daniel, whether it was Moses, or whether it was the prophets during the time of Assyria. All of these sought Yahweh's face. And because they sought Yahweh's face, a remnant was spared. Yahweh God's people are not just the sand of the sea. Yahweh's remnant are within those same said people. This is a metaphor that we see time and time again in Scripture. Jesus Christ taught it. That the field is the world, the good seed are the seed of God, but the tares are the seed of the devil. And the enemy that sowed them is the adversary. The adversary of God. The adversary of all righteousness. And so... One could say that the way of Satan is to come along and focus on the sand that exists on the seashore as opposed to the Zadok or the remnant. Oh, the focus of his attack is the remnant. That's what his focus is on. Those are the ones that really matter. Those are the ones that have not bowed knee to Baal yet. Therefore, they are sealed. They are the first fruits company. That's the company that you and I should strive to find ourselves within, dear kinsfolk. But if we take our eyes off of him, consider Peter, consider many of the prophets of old. When they took their eyes off of Christ, when they took their eyes off of the word, it's when they sunk in the mire. That's when they sunk in the ways of the world. So, sand represents people, and sand is very important. The children of Israel are too innumerable to count. They are as the sand on the seashore. Yahweh God knows every one of them. Jesus Christ came to redeem those same people. And so, we should turn there now. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, beginning in verse 24, Jesus Christ says this. Pay close attention. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came. And so you should be able to see the importance on building the foundation of your beliefs upon sound doctrine, upon solid foundation, which is what? Jesus Christ, the Word, this Word of God that we are studying. Not the traditions of men, and not the slander of the deceiver. Rather, we should only build our homes upon that rock that is Jesus Christ. Now, it should be pointed out that in scripture Tyre is another name for Satan, but Tyre as a word means rock, more specifically false rock. And so, like the antichrist is an instead of Christ wanting to take the place of Christ and get the homage Christ alone deserves, so also does Tyre want to be a rock. You can build your foundation upon the false premise and the faulty dogmas of men. It's easy. Jesus Christ said, a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. One little lie can expand. And before you know it, you're believing a group of lies. That's why it's essential to cut untruths out of our life, out of our belief system. When we find them, it takes a big man to come along and admit when he's wrong. It takes a big man to say, I've erred and taught untruths. Many quote-unquote pastors out there will not do that. You can win a debate. You can point something out in Scripture. But because they taught, for example, the no-devil doctrine so many years, they won't repent when their eyes are opened, if they even are. They continue on because that's where their premise is. But a true child of God will come along and admit their faults one to another. They'll say when they're wrong. A deceiver will come along and say, I never err. A deceiver will come along and say, I know all truth. A deceiver will come along wanting to be a Christ. Instead of, just like an antichrist, just like that false rock tire. They're the ones that want to play judge and jury with other Israelites. They're the ones that come along and want to judge them. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? They spend all their time doing that instead of glorifying Jesus Christ or even attacking the Judeo-Christians out there because their enemies are right here within our own ranks. It's because the true faith, quote unquote, is under attack. It always has been. Phariseeism, Judaism, and all these other isms, racism, and so forth, these tags that they attach to people have always existed and always will. It doesn't matter what man labels you as. They can call you a cult leader. They can call you a fanatic for believing in Jesus Christ. But I say, you got to be fanatical to believe in some of the lunacy down here in this earth age. Some of these abominable things they put forth. The things they teach in public schools, acceptable lifestyles. Evolutionism, for example, saying we're all descended from pond scum. All descended from the same monkey. Dear kinsfolk, Adam-Man was created with a spirit. The spirit of God was breathed within Adam-Man. He was formed at the same time the quote unquote eighth day creation was formed in man's image or at least the image of god now one is an exact duplicate one is a pale comparison one looks human one is not one possesses a soul one does not it's up to you to know the difference and the only way to know the difference is by judging a person's fruits tracing a person's fruits which are works. All the way back to their core root, which is what? Their foundation. Is that particular pastor's foundation built upon sand? Whether it be the race of Israel, or whether it be the foolish, invented doctrines of men. The traditions of men that make null the word of God. Or is it founded on that rock? Well, sand is just little pieces of rock, is it not? Jesus Christ told Peter, upon you, Petros, Peter shall I establish the church. What you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Meaning that Jesus Christ commissioned Peter to be a rock, not the rock, but to speak in place of. A church must be established upon that rock. What did Peter say to get that blessing of Jesus Christ? He said, Thou art the Messiah, the Son of God. He recognized him for exactly who he was. God manifest in the flesh. And therefore, Jesus Christ wanted the establishment of his church to teach that fundamental truth that Peter put forth. A, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Redeemer. B, that he came in the flesh. Why is that important? Because therefore you know they're not Antichrist. And C, the simple truth that Jesus Christ is God. If your church is teaching those three things, then that church most likely is a genuine church of God. But if it isn't, or it errs in one degree or another, I would research it. Now we know we can learn wisdom, and glean wisdom from every source. A true child of God can go through a den of iniquity, if you will. They can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and walk away from it unscathed, if you will, because they lean upon Jesus Christ, upon His rod, upon His staff. We must understand, as Israelites, that the will of God will be done irregardless. We can be vessels of honor. We can be vessels of dishonor. We can be like the foolish men who come along and build our house upon the sand. But what happens in times of peril? What happens when the quote unquote wind kicks up, every wind of doctrine? What happens when the rain descends? What happens when the floods come? The flood upon the world of the ungodly, referenced by Peter in his second epistle in the second chapter. You must be prepared. What is shall always be, and what has been will be again. Understand it. Jesus Christ taught that as it was in the times of Noah, so shall it be in the end times. So shall it be preceding his return to establish his government here on earth. Oh, how we should hasten that day. Oh, how we should only hearken to wise counsel and build our homes upon the rock, the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. So with that being established, dear kinsfolk, I'd invite you to swing by the Covenant People's Ministry website, which is accessible on the World Wide Web at covenantpeoplesministry.org. There's plenty of new audio sermons there for your edification. There's several new text sermons. Your questions and comments are always welcome and the easiest way to get them to our attention is to post them in our forums. Our forums are relatively active and have several posters there. We engage in fellowship, Bible study, and so forth. You also are welcome to do that. Please swing by, register for an account. By registering for an account at the Covenant People's Ministry website, at least in our forums, that gains you access to our monthly newsletter and allows you to have updates through your email concerning Covenant People's ministry, future releases, and future books. Dear friends, there is a new book forthcoming from Covenant People's Books. Its working title is Agriculture in the Bible. And unlike any other study, it's more an outline to give you several keys that will unlock Scripture. And it's our prayer that, like Bullinger's number in Scripture... This book, Agriculture in the Bible, will strengthen your walk with Christ and help familiarize you with much symbology and metaphors that are found within our Bibles. And so until next time, dear Kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser once again wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Thank you for
0: listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy Biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the Church's website or write to Covenant Peoples Ministry, Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia, 30205. Our phone number is 404-906-9009. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.